0: welcome into another edition of West of Everest a day after Oklahoma Falls to Baylor at home in Norman 38 to 35 and uh, what was uh, a frustrating game at times uh, a good game at times uh, offensively for the most part and, and instead of you know and when they weren't turning the ball over uh, but a game in which uh, you know Oklahoma came in with a lot of momentum after two straight wins but Baylor a good football team. And uh, like Grant pointed out on the last episode with a lot of its season in front of them, the Bears have a lot of good teams. They have left to play. So they knew they had a lot to play for in that game. The Bears come out and run the ball at will on Oklahoma's defense and come out of there with some uh, turnover, turnover luck. Maybe you could you could argue that there is some luck involved uh, and come out and beat Oklahoma 38, 35. So we're here to talk about whatever that was yesterday. Uh, Lee Benson alongside Grant Benson. Uh, Grant, uh, yeah, I guess here we go. Let's talk about whatever the heck we saw yesterday.
1: Yeah, um, really a game that I'm I'm not too obviously. I'm, I'm upset that they lost. I, I, I really wanted them to win that game. Um, we talked about it on the last uh, or on the last podcast. I you know nine and three was realistic, and I think you would have felt much better about nine and three if they were able to get through this game. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, and I know I hate that cliche as well. That's um, a crutch. But these two teams, Lee, Baylor and Oklahoma, are pretty much even. These two teams really are really similar. And I think that they're, you know, it it was a coin flip. The game was a total coin flip at, you know, uh, once it came down to it. And in coin flip games, you got to make some big time plays in high leverage situations. And really, for the most part, Baylor made all of them. And when that happens, it's going to be hard to win a game.
0: And a lot of those big-time leverage plays happened in the first half. At least that's whenever Oklahoma turned the ball over the entire time. Three Gabriel interceptions and one turnover on downs. And out of those four possessions, I believe in total, Baylor was able to score 17 points. Uh, they had 10 points off of the interceptions. I think the third interception Gabriel threw. I don't. I don't think Baylor was. A, uh, you know, went down. They got and a scored three and out one. right after that. Okay, so that was a good job by OU's defense to to come back out there, uh, but ten points off of the first two interceptions, and then seven points off of the failed uh, fourth and one, the turnover on downs. So there you go, that's seventeen points. And after the game, Jeff Levy talked about how, yeah, I mean that, you know those four possessions in the first half was essentially the game. You know that's that's why they were sit, you know standing there after after the game talking about a loss instead of a win as Oklahoma only losers by three points. And so what I did this morning, I was able to watch. I went back and rewatched uh, about a quarter and a half. I wanted to watch up until the, the failed fourth and one turnover on downs uh, to kind of get a sense. Uh, the second half, I'll just have to go from memory. But, uh, again, I, I think that's kind of the game, right, is, is those turnovers and, and what happened in, in Oklahoma, you know, allowing Baylor to get those points. And you know, they Sooners got the ball, went up 7 nothing. It was a great opening drive. And that was the only time, I think, in the game, yeah, that's right, that Oklahoma was, was winning. They went up 7-0, and then Baylor was able to go back and tie it up. So, uh, you know, offensively, I, I guess, I don't know, Like, where do, you, where do we want to begin here? Uh, I mean, I, I, let's, let's start here. I, I, think, uh,
1: I think a really good place to start with this game, just as a baseline, is that game, and I'm, I'm far from the, from the first person who has made this point in the last 24 hours, but that game was really similar to the Kansas State game was was really really similar to it um not I mean kind of different in in kind I think the defense probably played better uh yesterday than they did against Kansas State overall but uh the offense again remember against Kansas State OU was playing from behind the entire time and every single time the defense actually did make a play and did do what they were supposed to do and get off the field the offense would always kind of shoot themselves in the foot um you know, otherwise, the rest of the game, they would efficiently kind of be humming along like usual. They were running the ball well, but just sort of in in situations where they could not have it, they would shoot themselves in the foot. whether it be that fourth and one play where inexplicably Marcus Major is in the game, instead of Eric Gray, who is one of the best offensive players in the entire conference. Um, Or the situation where uh, they go for it on third and three or third and four uh, at the end of the third quarter where they probably should have let the time run out, take their time, let Eric Gray get his breath. And instead they, they, they punt the ball back to Baylor and then they score like on a seven minute drive, a touchdown, you know, going down the stuff like that or more drives where there were penalties as well like there were against Kansas State. They just couldn't put it all together where so remember and, and, and it was kind of similar last week against Iowa State as well on offense where they would have four or five plays in a row where it felt where it felt like they were really starting to hum and then for whatever reason they would get bogged down it's just there's there's something going on regarding that that they just haven't gotten ironed out really at all this year and and I think that has mostly been the difference for them especially in, in the Kansas State and Baylor games
0: so yeah just uh the, the classic complimentary football talking point that is always there not just at Oklahoma I'm sure a lot of schools talk about it and just uh, you know we saw good complimentary football against Kansas when the defense would make some plays Oklahoma was able to to score and separate from the Jayhawks in that game uh, there was decent amounts of it I guess against Iowa State but at times as you pointed out it, it wasn't as good and then against Baylor it really was non-existent uh, so it's all just about yeah like. It, it, getting the football and, and you know, getting a lead and taking advantage of the other team's mistakes. You know, and, and just a, an easy one off the top of my head. Yeah, it's just, you know, Billy Bowman makes that interception, and snuffs out a Baylor drive, and then the ensuing drive by, you know, from Oklahoma, sloppy. Dylan Gabriel. Just sloppy. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel throws a pick, and uh, I, I can't remember what the situation was. No, the what, ensuing tre- drive is,
1: no, that ensuing drive is when they, they, they miss the field goal. I thought to end the the first half was that drive. No, that no, was, inter- that was that was no, Ethan bo- Downs getting the the
0: personal foul to, to take it from a forty yard field goal to a fifty five yarder. No, no. After the Bowman interception, uh, that the next drive led to Gabriel's third interception. So, really? it's just they. Oh, yeah. and then and then they got they got a
1: quick change there. They got him off the field right away after that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the, and the def- I mean, I guess the defense did step up. Got a three and out. Right, that was then, a, the, the
1: first the first half. There was a lot of possessions in the first half.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, Baylor goes into the locker room up by a field goal where, you know, that obviously after the, the Bowman interception, you know, you think Oklahoma has the football. You go down and at the very least kick a field goal and tie the game, you know, score a touchdown, take the lead. But, you know, Gabriel turns it over. Uh, the defense does a good job stepping up, getting off the field. Uh, but then, you know, there's only, you know, there's only 54 seconds left in the the quarter. Oklahoma does a you know decent job to at least get into kind of field goal range. And Zach Schmidt had enough leg. It just, it was off to uh, the left, I believe. It was just, uh, it was not on target. Yeah, he target, missed it just so. by, by a little. It kind of just, yeah, it sort of, sort of
1: lost its trajectory right at the end and sort of faded. But no, man, I mean, it was just, uh, it's just stuff like that. You know, I mentioned the Ethan Downs penalty there to take it, you know, f- from a, a, a very manageable field goal to one that where you know you're just kind of crossing your fingers that maybe he's got enough stuff like that um i, I thought and, and i know we're kind of hopping around everywhere here
0: but wait hold on i you're you're i think you're a slip of the tongue you, ethan downs is on defense so it, he wouldn't have oh i'm sorry it was t- andrew rame andrew rame i don't know why i was thinking ethan Downs. sorry yeah ray like you're just you know you're confusing uh in in-state oklahoma uh linemen but yeah, no, yeah, the rain penalty was yeah, what like a illegal hands to the face a bat, you know, holding just He ha- yeah, kind he had a holding and illegal yeah. hands.
1: I was thinking of Ethan Downs because on the uh, on the second and long, which was on, on the very last drive for Baylor in the fourth quarter, Downs got held so badly on their 6-yard run to set up the third and 3. That, I think that's why I was thinking about Downs. Gotcha. Gotcha. All
0: right, sorry. So I interrupted you to get that clarification. Where were you going? Do you remember a moment ago?
1: No, it's just I, I was I was trying to point out um, because I was thinking about that the Andrew Rame penalty and it made me think about what you know for me was the by far the most frustrating part of the game uh, and this like I said I'm jumping around was the Isaiah Co penalty in the fourth quarter on um, oh yeah which was just that was that was it I, I, after that happened I mean I that that to me that was the game was that the fourth quarter or the. No, that you know what, quarter. that might have been that might have been the th- third quarter
0: that it may have been when quarter. it was 24 to 21 Yep that's correct it was the third quarter 24 21 and I remember cuz yeah I I uh, one of my few tweets in the game was about that cuz yeah it was a uh, it was a crazy penalty dumb it was uh, you know it was second down David Aguibu makes a really nice play maybe the best play of the game for him uh, actually shoots through a gap gets a TFL it would have been third and 13 third down and 13 uh instead personal foul isaiah co rips a guy's helmet off free first down and baylor goes in and scores a touchdown and and what got my attention obviously was that that was bad but unfortunately a guy that you know we've been wanting to see more and more of uh, a couple plays later looked totally lost on the touchdown pass and that's cj colden and he just he's a veteran player that looks like he'd never played a snap in his life i mean the it's a it's a super lazy corner route by the wide receiver for Baylor and Colden just gets turned around like he's, he has no idea what he's supposed to be doing and I was very disappointed to see that so not only the co-play which was which was bad uh two plays later just a bad bad technique a, a veteran player looking like he's a, a true freshman another just situation a whole bunch of bad there
1: yeah another situation too where that was a situation Lee where 10 of the 11 guys on the defense did their job on that play like that was that was a play where where Shapin was, you said threw just a lazy ball because he was under pressure to a receiver running a lazy corner route. Yeah. And Colden not doing
0: what he's supposed to do ruins the play for everybody. And yes, yeah, so, so and, and and it was uh I was thinking that was a touchdown catch. Nope. He got called for PI. He was penalized for PI on the play. When on a play honestly, where, honestly it, yeah. a good a a better corner picks that off. Like yeah, half the that's, time. That's what's so frustrating. Again, it's you're, it, it, I say it was a lazy corner route. I, what I mean by that is there was no sort of, you know, the, the receiver didn't put his foot in the ground and act like he was running a slant route and then a little double move. No, he just, it was straight a little up for about four yards and then just out to the corner. Just very lazy, nothing special about it. A very easy play to defend if you're a corner and you're playing either man or zone, either one, doesn't matter. It should be pretty easy, pretty standard, and it wasn't. For him and and so pi gets called baylor gets first down and goal from the one and and uh, i think richard reese the freshman running back who didn't do anything all day scored a touchdown there but it was the other guy what squirrel williams who just absolutely destroyed ou on the ground which was i you know, didn't see that coming all day i know that he's a good player but reese had had a really good season and uh that doesn't matter it's Just OU could not stop the run all day
1: no they, they couldn't and, and you know honestly i thought there were times in the first half they were okay stopping the run. And I, I, I emphasize okay, because obviously when Baylor was successful in the first half, they were, kind of, they were getting chunks a lot of the time. But I know, I know we're, we're kind of jumping around, and we're just sort of describing the, the different frustrations during the game. But honestly, like I, I've, been, I've been reflecting on this a lot since yesterday, and I just I don't think this team is really that much different than last year's team. They're 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 pretty similar. The biggest difference this year is one, the schedule is a lot more difficult. And two, the stuff that went their way last year to to aid to a nine or no start is just really not going their way this year. I mean take games take games five and six on the schedule. Just throw those things away. The TCU and Texas games, because the circumstances were so weird. Other than that, I, I just I think I think these the, the teams, you know, the twenty twenty one team, the twenty twenty two team are really similar. The defense in terms of effectiveness is pretty much the same unit. The, the one difference being last year was a lot better pressuring the quarterback. This year I think is a lot better just with, paying, with playing you know, drop back pass defense. Um, it's just last year. I mean, think of all the times last year they had to hang on by the skin of their teeth to win games. I mean, their quarterback yeah. play through the first nine games as an aggregate this year is better than it was
0: last year. Yeah, because I mean, you think think back to the, the you know the very interesting point you bring up because yeah, I think it's very obvious that the schedule, the teams are better this this season compared to last. I mean, uh, Nebraska wasn't very good last year; they're they're worse this year. And that's something uh, you know, those, I missed. That's something I I
1: thought you know one of my things coming into this year is I thought the Big Twelve was going to suck this year. I didn't right. think that they would be, and I don't think they have any world. I don't think this conference has any world beaters, but they have. I mean everyone's good. Everyone in this conference is a top 50 team in the
0: country, and that's, that did not happen very often. So, yeah, you look back at last season, obviously Spencer Rattler was around for the, the first five games and then into the Texas game, and his best game was Kansas State, uh, where you, know, you and I were at that game, and, and he played, for the most part, pretty well. Uh, and, but it was still a close game. You know, they had to figure out ways to get out of there. And a, another big r- difference between the two teams between the last year, obviously the quarterback spot, you know Caleb Williams when he came in was really good but also had some down down moments a season ago and also defensively now in, in hindsight obviously you have a Nick Benito you got a Perry on Winfrey you got an Isaiah Thomas a Brian Osamoa, some NFL guys on the team which we knew that they had some potential to be there but now again with a lot more data a lot more games now their their absence has probably felt a lot more this year but I mean to your point if there's no Caleb Williams last year I mean Oklahoma gets blown out by Texas they don't Come back and beat Texas. That's a loss. Uh, you know who knows what happens in the TCU game. That was they you know, lose Caleb to Williams Kansas great.
1: without Caleb Williams.
0: They they lose to Kansas probably. Yeah, Caleb Williams had the the crazy play that we'll probably never see again, where he took the ball away from Kennedy Brooks <laughs> and got the first down. Insane. Uh, and so yeah, I mean, and then obviously a couple a couple losses at the end of the year. So you know maybe there's there's two losses right there. They uh, they lost to Baylor and Oklahoma State. At the end. I mean, there's four losses. Right there, maybe I know it's all kind of hypothetical, but I mean, that's the difference. I mean Caleb Williams is a great player, and you know, who knows, maybe Caleb Williams is able to beat Kansas State despite Oklahoma playing a, a rough game. who knows? Yeah, this is this is uh, all to say
1: that this game, the game that happened yesterday, this done, this just doesn't make me feel the same way as, as that three game losing streak because it's not the same. I, I gotcha. you know'm I know it doesn't I know OU is five and four. I know this has been a really disappointing season. But OU when they are healthy and when they are like are they're still one of the 25 best teams in the country? I I know that to be true. It, it just that that is the case, and that was a game yesterday between two top 25 teams, and it was a coin flip. And if you accept the premise that that is who OU is this year, it
0: makes that game yesterday
1: a lot a lot easier to swallow.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good point. I'm I'm with you right there, and we've certainly shifted our expectations throughout the entirety of the year. I mean, that happened, obviously, when they were on that, that three-game losing streak and everything changed, and so I think it is now. we got another data point, and, and even though Dylan Gabriel had three interceptions, I, I know I'm, I'm not a big fan of QBR. I've talked about that before on the show, but you brought it up before we started recording, and I think Gabriel's QBR in that game, despite the turnovers, was still really high. It was like 86, which just showed you how important he is to this team, and, and even though he had those turnovers, he still played pretty well. And he's been a good player. Like when he's like I've been saying, I was saying, and a lot of people were probably saying this too. But you know why I wasn't so down whenever they were losing the way they were is whenever he was out, they're just a totally different team. And now that we've seen him now, ever since the Texas game, Kansas, Iowa State, now against Baylor, the offense is really good when he's available, when he's healthy. It's a very, very good offense, Uh, and and so that makes me feel like all right, well, like the defense is not very good. They can step up at times. It needs to be better moving forward. Hopefully, this recruiting class is able to stay stay, and, and doesn't go anywhere, and they're able to bring in some guys, and, and Venables and the group can start to build and build and build on the defensive side of the ball, and hopefully Jackson Arnold's really good. And so you see some of those positivities. I know that you don't really want to hear about it right now because we're in the season. Normally, I mean, on this podcast... Talk, we can talk about that. We, we see those things. Like, it's... sure. There's... OU's got some
1: really good players on this team. I, I, I think that's pretty clear when you watch it. And Gabriel Gabriel's, Gabriel's is, a, is a really good college player. I mean, that, that's, that's who he is. You, you see the physical limitations, but you also see the command that he has of the offense. And there are some things that he does really well that he's really comfortable with, and you, you can see that. The thing that I think would really help this offense right now is, and hey, like Eric Gray has been, has been really good this year. He's been great this year. Um, this offense could really use a lot more explosion from, you know, from the running back position because I think this offensive line is blocking to the point of, and Eric Gray is is finding room. Man, if he, if he had just an extra gear that he could get to, I think it would probably take the offense to another level, but that's just not who Eric Gray is, and that's okay. That's why it would be really nice to have a guy that you could go to as, as a changeup with him that maybe does offer a little bit more explosion. That's just not the case right now. They don't have anyone like that. Um, and that would be
0: a huge help, I feel like. I agree. That's a great point. And you look around college football. I mean, look at Baylor, for example. I mean, Baylor's they, they've got uh, Richard Reese, his true freshman, is having a great year. But then Squirrel Williams is a more explosive type player, and he has a huge game against OU. They have, they have two players that they can kind of throw out there at running back. It seems like a lot of teams. I mean, look at Texas. Bijan Robinson. And uh, what Roshan Johnson is that the other running back? Am I totally yeah? Is that the other guy they have? Yeah, and so like, but you're right. Oklahoma does not have that that second running back that can give you that second pitch. I mean, Javante Barnes, we're still not really sure if that's him. I mean, I heard he was available yesterday, uh, but I get you know he didn't play, so I'm not even sure if he was available. And then obviously Marcus Major ain't it. Uh, he's not it. And he's uh, so- yeah,
1: man. I mean that's just uh, and I know. I mean people talk about how he's been banged up and how he's been. He's just, uh, he's just not effective at all. And um, I'll be like, I'll, we, we were kind of texting about this back and forth during the game. Tawi Walker should be, getting those, should be
0: getting his carries right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he picked up, uh, he picked up a third down and three in, in the game whenever they were doing those full line change substitutions where everybody was out. Trevon West got a random reverse carry. First time we've seen him all year and yeah, yeah well, they and did the whole they,
1: they, they did the line change thing again where yeah. they put the they put the second team out there for yes you know for an entire series or not a series but for a what would you call a for a down
0: or not a down what would you call it that just for a series I mean a sequence it, of downs a sequence yeah sure I mean and they picked up the first down and then they went back to well I don't even know if they went back because it was towards the end I believe of the first quarter and so there was like there was going to be an ending to this no matter what, just a natural ending because the time is going to run out and they're going to go to the second quarter. And actually, when I went back and rewatched, I got a lot of thoughts about the first quarter that could potentially anger you and listeners, just were like, what could have been and what the heck were they thinking? And that was one of the sequences is, you know, you see Tawi Walker pick up that third down and three, whatever, like they were, they were clearly doing something where, you know, aside from Dylan Gabriel, like everybody out there were, were backups. So, okay, fine. They, they wanted to do that. They wanted to get him... A carry and he got the job you know he got the first down but then marcus major comes in and on the next play on first down and 10 and this seems like an innocuous play in the game but it stood out to me because uh, there's plenty there's great protection gabriel's back there and major comes out he's a safety valve in the middle of the field to dump off and gabriel looks like gabriel messes up and just kind of dirts the ball it's a bad throw See, I don't know what they do in practice. I don't know if Marcus Major was supposed to run out and then stop, and then Gabriel just messed up and threw it like he was going to run. But I don't know. Something tells me if Eric Gray was in, he would have known as he came out of the backfield, he was manned up. He was one-on-one with big, slow Dylan Doyle, number five. And you just cross his face and keep running. There was a ton of green grass right there, and I think that's what Gabriel thought Marcus Major was going to do And that's why he threw the ball out in front of Marcus Major. If Major would have done that, he catches it and has a lot of room to run. And Oklahoma has an explosive play there. Instead, it's second down and 10. And again, I don't know. Maybe Eric Gray is a guy that keeps running and sees that he's supposed to keep going. And it's a big play. Instead, like, it's an incomplete pass. Nothing happens there. It's second and 10. Very next snap, Marcus Major is still in the game. He gets stopped for no gain. It looks like maybe the edge was sealed off by Robert Conjol, but major cut it back inside and got nothing and then the first quarter ends grant and so it's third down and 10 now and the very first snap of the the second quarter on third and 10 the ball gets tipped and it's an interception it's gabriel's second pick and so go back to that first down play where maybe there was a mix-up on whether marcus major was supposed to keep running or stop that could have been an explosive play if they were on the same page first down into baylor territory instead the sequence of events leads to Gabriel throwing an interception. And so it's, it's a very nuanced look at a sequence of the game that stood out to me in hindsight, and it makes you think, again, it goes back to, I don't know, man, like you saw that. I get it. Give Marcus Major some snaps. But after that sequence of events as an offensive coordinator, I don't know. It's like I don't know if this guy's seeing it, man, and maybe I don't go to him as much. Maybe I give Toby Walker a chance because then later in the game, in the second quarter, Marcus major's in there on fourth and one and he gets stopped and it's a turnover on downs. And I some, got, I got to tell
1: you, this is the biggest, this is the biggest, I, I don't, I don't know what you're doing on. The, I, I don't understand this one. And Hey, I, I don't know what the protocols are for who's in there. If I don't know if that's DeMarco Murray or if that's Jeff Lebby on um, that's it's, it's unforgivable to, to run, to run that play on fourth and one and to have Marcus major in there. It's completely unforgivable.
0: I, I agree. And, to get to that that point, it's uh, I believe it's seventeen to fourteen. So Baylor's up by a field goal. OU's got the ball, and on third and ten, it was that play you probably remember, and, and you know I recalled as I was watching it back. It was a clever little dump off by Gabriel to Eric Gray to get nine yards, where it looked like Gabriel was going to run with it, but then he stopped up, and then uh, Eric Gray released, and he just kind of dumped it off to Gray, and he and he got close to the first down, but he was stopped a yard short. And for a second, I thought, oh, maybe Gray got kind of nicked up there. Maybe he was – but I watched the replay, and like Gray just got up immediately. He was ready to go. And Baylor had a guy that was kind of injured on the play. So there was a stoppage in play. So Oklahoma couldn't, which I guess in hindsight was probably for the, the worst for OU because they couldn't do their hurry up, fourth, you know, fourth and one, let's go, let's go fast, let's go fast. Play stopped. And so for whatever reason, when the play stopped because Baylor had a guy down that, that needed some medical attention, Oklahoma – decided to sub Gray out and brought Marcus Major into the game. <laughs> and so then uh, they shifted into the Wildcat formation with Gray. I'm sorry, with Major and Braden Willis back there. And obviously hindsight's twenty I'd have much rather them snap the ball to Braden Willis and let him try to power in for a yard. Uh, but that's just, again, I don't know why Eric Gray left the field. I think he was fine. And just it's just the, the feel for the game on that play. You need a yard. And Marcus Major, like, got the ball, and did a little hop, skip, and a jump, waiting for Conjol to pull around, which he, does, he did, but it gave time for the edge play for Baylor to come upfield and trip him up as he tried to cut it back inside for nothing, whereas you need one yard. You just follow right in, and you power behind Robert Conjol, and you make sure you pick up that one yard. Understand the situation, the flow of the game. and to, I guess I'll defend Major a little bit. He wasn't in the game for the first whatever few snaps of that series. For whatever reason, they bring him in on the most important snap of that series and he didn't have a feel for it and Oklahoma turns the ball over on downs and what do you know, Grant? The very first snap of Baylor, the next possession, goes for 51 yards. A 51-yard play where Key Lawrence misses an open field tackle. Uh, Billy Bowman, I believe, was not in the game and by the way, we haven't talked about that at all. Billy Bowman didn't start and I didn't see Billy Bowman in the game until the second quarter and so the fourth down, fourth and one, you're stopped. Very next play, Baylor goes 51 yards, uh, and they go on to score a touchdown on that drive, and then you get to the 17 total points off of the turnovers and turnovers on down in the first half. That's 17 points right there uh, that Oklahoma gave up. That I mean, heck, you, you hold them to 10, and Oklahoma wins the football game. So those are kind of my notes in the first half that I kind of rewatched and just still make, uh, make, some people, make people mad. <laughs> it's frustrating, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Uh, hey, like this is what these seasons have. This it's. I think the, the TCU and the Texas games definitely definitely gave me a different flavor of panic, for sure, because I'd never really seen that before. But I mean, things have kind of stabilized a little bit in the sense that, yeah, I mean, this this is a 2005, 2009, 2014 season. It's it's the same. It's the same type of thing. This is the sort of stuff In those situations in those seasons just kind of always goes against you. It's almost like all of the good fortune that you sometimes need to churn out all of these 10 win seasons just goes against you all at once in one season. And that's what that's that's what this feels like yet. And I I understand people are like, hey, this is a new regime. This is a new coach. You know, a, a lot of, you know, a big part of this roster is new as well. And so there's maybe not that, that knowledge of the past success of coming out of, of, of moments like that and still being okay. So I understand maybe the trepidation there. But I don't know, man, like that's still a game yesterday where you take one or two plays and they go, the, they go a different way and OU probably wins. You know, OU was, the better, was still the better team. 75% of the plays snapped in that game. And that's just, you know, sometimes it happens. They just, they got to tighten some things up and it is pretty easy to say, "Hey, this is a new regime, a lot of new guys, and so maybe it does make sense that this stuff is not completely, completely fixed yet." And that's where I have to be right now, so that I don't go insane, you know.
0: And that's where a lot of people are. Uh, I, you know, I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Brady Trantham, He's kind of right, right there as well. And and you know, but I do have some other friends that, uh, well, that are very frustrated with the way things are going this year, and don't think brent venables is going to be the long-term solution and the easy um the easy example they point to of like hey man like oh brand new coaching staff and something you brought up before on the podcast look over at tcu you know how how is tcu all of a sudden you know figuring it out with the same situation and i know there's tons of different ways people can go with that uh can like hey like TCU's not used to being Oklahoma. You know they they're just happy to be here. You know they're they're turning it around. They're figuring it out. Maybe they're getting lucky. And so like I I don't know. I mean I'm I'm kind of on that though. It's like if we think Brent Venables is who we thought you know we thought he was, and I you know he's this great elite defensive mind, he should be able to come in and make the defense better than it's looked. And maybe it has stabilized the last couple of weeks. It's still just not very good. But also, I mean Sonny Dykes comes into TCU and and TCU's going to be maybe in the top four of the college football playoff rankings next week and he's a guy that I mean nobody really talks much about Sonny Dykes outside the state of Texas probably you know throughout his career I know he's a name but I mean I don't know it's just so that's kind of like it's one team and maybe there's other teams around college football I mean I guess Brian Kelly's a really good really 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 good coach and he's now having a lot of success with LSU as you and I kind of figured he would I don't know like we talked about LSU a lot and Brian Kelly like you and I both think he's going to do really well and boom year one uh they knock off alabama they're what seven and two and you know they have a chance to make it to the sec title game and so but then again he's been a head coach for a long long time uh brent venables has not so that's not really the same comparison i suppose it's not a fair comparison i think the thing uh, that's the most
1: the i think the most quote-unquote alarming thing is that and and like again i'm not at all the first person to say this in the wake of this game i I think i think the lack of difference makers on the defensive line is very obvious um they they just play in and play out they are not winning a ton of one-on-one battles and i that that's concerning for sure especially with just how as in the second half of that game how how easily baylor's offensive line just sort of established themselves I, i i can see you know that's concerning and also ou's linebackers suck they're not any good. Aguayo's not any good. Danny Stutzman's not very good. He's you know give him a little bit more rope because he's younger. Uh, but they're they're just not any good at that position. Period.
0: Yeah, I agree, and that's the thing is the defensive line for all the 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 times we pulled our hair out about Oklahoma's defense going back to the Mike Stoops era, and we've talked about it uh, on this podcast for years. Is like the defensive line though has always kind of been one of the strengths of the team. Like they've been pretty decent compared to the other couple of levels of the. Of the defense. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, the I definitely was, am surprised by the lack of talent up front. I mean, I, I think Reggie Grimes finally made a play for the first time, maybe since Kent State yesterday. Like, I just like – But a he's name, not
1: like – I mean, but he's not – I mean, I think the two best defensive ends on the
0: team right now are Laulu and our Mason Thomas. See, I, I don't even have any – I don't even have a take on that because – I feel like I don't see really those guys much either. I just, I, I'm, I probably I took a shot at Reggie Grimes, but I'm sure there a lot of people out there listening thinking like, Oh yeah, I, we haven't heard about Grimes for a long time. And I mean, you could probably throw Ethan Downs in there as well. I mean, he, two players we had a lot of confidence in, but, uh, and they were ver- you know, very good the first two, three games. And then like a lot of the defensive players have been kind of whatever. And so, you know, you have that, that lack of, up front. It's not as good as maybe we thought it was. And to your point, you got the linebackers who are thin and not very good, and then the secondary is also makes me want to pull my hair out every single game at, at, at times. And, and the, but uh, they're and, mostly and it's it's, good.
1: the secondary mostly makes you, you know it makes you want to pull your hair out situationally. I mean, they're they've they, the secondary, especially the last three weeks. Uh, no, they weren't very good against Kansas. The last two weeks, they've been pretty good. I think. I, the thing Shapin, is they weren't even they weren't really was, tested. shapen was not yes. good yesterday.
0: He was good when he needed to be. I mean, I think fourth, uh, fourth down and seven. Their first drive of the game, they convert on fourth and seven, shaping through a, a bullet pass on a slant route to convert a fourth and seven. Uh, I want to say there was another play. Maybe I, I, I can't give you the example. I want to say there's another throw, probably in the second half, where I thought, ah, oh, it's a good throw. Uh, so I mean, but they didn't need to throw it though. I mean, they they ran the ball down OU's throat whenever it mattered the most, right, in that game in the second half. And yeah, you know, that's an issue. It's like Oklahoma's been bad against the pass and bad against the run. The pass defense numbers will look good after yesterday. But a big reason for that is because I, I don't think Baylor is like, ah, we don't really need to throw it. <laughs> we just run the ball and control this game. Uh yeah, it's just by the way, I did find another part of the first quarter that I forgot to mention that <laughs> is a extension of the um let's see. The not the fourth down, uh fourth and one stop but previously where it led to Gabriel's second pick. Uh, Oklahoma's defense gets off the field, forces a punt, but again, it's early in the game, it's a small thing, but all the small things will add up to something whenever you lose a game. On third down, uh, Justin Broyles drops an interception. He goes down to his knees. He, he can't cradle the ball, and they even, like, reviewed it. I thought it was pretty obvious he didn't catch it. Uh, incomplete. It would have been OU ball, first and 10 at the Baylor 42-yard line, but he drops the pick, so they would have been in plus territory. Baylor has to punt it, and uh, Marvin Mims fair catches it at the OU 32, and so the dropped INT cost Oklahoma 26 yards of field position, and on that ensuing possession was the one that ended up leading to Dylan Gabriel's uh, second interception. And so they should have been starting it in plus territory if he makes the catch. He picked the ball off last week against Iowa State. I think the big difference, though, is the Iowa State one, he, he kind of just had to react to it. He kind of had to pounce on it like a cat. Didn't have much time to think about it, where in this case, the entire play was right in front of him. The ball was coming at him the entire time. He saw it, he saw it. He had all this time to think about it, and that sometimes is the worst thing for you. And I think that's probably why he dropped it. And so that's just another small thing that cost Oklahoma 26 yards. You're right. It adds up. It, it's,
1: it is. It is stuff like that, 100%. And you and hope. By the way, the, game, the, way, the like, game was tied at that point. It was tied at 14. Yeah. And it's like you hope that stuff like that next season starts to go the other way, right? That's, no doubt. It's, it's stuff like that that's been going against Iowa State ever since Matt Campbell has been there
0: in close games. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. All right, how about a couple of positive things that I noticed from my memory and also from the rewatch? Uh, number one, how about Drake Stoops? A couple of times in the game, Drake Stoops was breaking tackles, making guys miss. And I believe he scored, right? He scored in the second half? Yep. I think he scored a touchdown. So Drake Stoops, bit of a bright spot. Marvin Mims obviously had the long touchdown catch, touchdown. And uh, this is actually a little bit more interesting to me based off of a conversation we had about 10, 15 minutes ago about the running backs, Grant. Did you notice, and I'm sure you did, but I didn't really, it didn't register with me until I watched a little bit of the first quarter, Jaleel Farouk is back there getting running back carries a couple of times in the game, and one of which he picked up 11 yards, stiff-armed uh, outside linebacker. It was a really good run. A, and so, like, may, okay, we, you said earlier, like Tommy Walker needs to be kind of getting those second-tier running back carries because, oh yeah, i thought not, about this, but absolutely. But what, I mean, and we we saw Jalil Farouk against Texas in the Wildcat. Maybe with a couple of running backs, maybe they're Jeff Lebby's. Like, all right, we got to start experimenting more with Jalil Farouk in the backfield. Uh, as a running back, and that's kind of exciting for the le- you know last three games of the year, including maybe a bowl game if Oklahoma makes one.
1: I, I mean, I agree. That dude's he's really good with the ball. He doesn't he does not go down very easily no. at all. I like Farouk a lot. I, I think he's a good player. Um, he's a dude. I, I I really really hope they can get the ball more too in space and I, I, out of the wildcat and out of kind of out of the backfield. I like a lot of the stuff that they do there, uh, just because he, he he's a dude he He kind of seems like he ha he's one of those guys who has the mentality that he's just not gonna go down uh which is you no know, which is great it's good to have it's like he's he's got that dog in him as people say <laughs> these days
0: and those are it that was it. He had two carries, both of them as a running back in the backfield, and he had three catches so he only you know he had five touches he had uh fifty four total yards so i mean the box score is nothing special, but yeah, I'm with you. I want him to touch the ball more. Marvin Mims had four catches for 120, and you know Eric Gray's been the workhorse man. Eric Gray had had 30 plus touches in the game, which he should. He's really good. Goes over 100 yards, and uh, I'm kind of looking at the he's box a, score right now. He's had now. a really
1: good season, yeah. man. He's got uh, he's got about 1100 yards of total offense this year. Had a really good year.
0: So, this is the, you know, it's the Eric Gray that we all kind of hope for whenever he came over from Tennessee last year. He's a, look at the numbers at Tennessee. He was able to do everything. He ran the ball well. He caught the ball out of the backfield. I think he was Tennessee's leading pass catcher in 20, what year? 2019 or 2020? Probably 2020, because uh, I think he was a freshman because he came over. I don't know. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, great year for him. Do you want to get to three word reviews? Because when OU, uh, OU loses, not, not surprisingly, the three word reviews come just, like avalanching in there's a lot more after a loss than after a win sure let's get to it i'll start on the west of evers facebook page because i appreciate all you guys that like the west of evers facebook page and follow the show there Uh, not as many there partly it's my fault because i forgot to post the prompt until the like late 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 saturday night but uh, ben coming in there with some negativity ben says what culture change question mark uh, Shane says interceptions ensured defeat. That's a lot of truth to that. Shane. Russ says trust three year process. Uh, you got you got uh, three years of patience, Grant, to wait. I don't know. <laughs> I I have uh, this, no idea.
1: I, I I don't know. We're gonna. I don't know either. We're taking one week at a time.
0: Justin says turnovers are killer. Very true. So, again, not very many on the West of Everest Facebook page. Oh, I see one more. Shane with another one. Shane uh, says defense still stinks. <laughs> it does. The defense is not any good. And I've, nope, not good. I've accepted that.
1: And I think a big part of it is they, they, they really don't have a lot of good players. And I am, I, I am going through my own little journey of, of accepting that. I think everyone else yeah. is, too.
0: Uh, let's, go to the, uh, let's go to Twitter, at Lee Benson News 9. Uh, we begin with a friend of the podcast, Brady Trantham. Brought him up earlier. He says, ribs were yummy, and that means nothing to you or the listeners. But uh, uh, I, did, I spent the day watching the game with Brady, and I'll, I'll, kind of, I, I'll explain that uh, at some point here in the, in the near future, uh, what I mean by that. Uh, so we'll just kind of move on to the next thing. But, yes, they, they were very yummy. They were very good. Brady can make ribs, and uh, he did a good job. Our cousin James says, "Poor, ma- uh, poor game management." There's, yeah, I mean, James is a coach; he knows a lot about management. Yeah, he was pretty fired. He had a, he had OU in a
1: in a five pick parlay, so he was uh, he uh, he was pretty locked in throughout that. Oh thing. no, he had,
0: he had opinions on uh, in the fourth quarter for sure. Oh no, um, he didn't run run that by you or me. Whether or not he should throw OU into something like that, I'd, I'd have told him, no, stay away. I also would have done that. Too. I also would have done that, but uh, he's, he's got to run that stuff by us.
1: But as I, the I, game you know, as the a... game played out, though, I mean, it wasn't. It's not like they were they weren't run off the field. I had two two even no. teams.
0: No, but the, the the real thing was the number. Man, OU was laying three and a half. I I, don't,
1: I hate laying. He just three picked and them half. to it's win.
0: It was money. It was oh, one of those money line. Yeah, oh, okay. it, was, it was it was just a money line thing. I got gotcha. you. Okay, that's not as bad. All right. Uh Chris, bringing in the positivity. Chris says, "Still love OU." Carl says, "Soft like Charmin." <laughs> oh man, I, uh, I, you know what? This now maybe there'll be a three-word review that jogs my memory that makes more sense. I hopefully I remember to bring this up. I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the secondary, and again, like I I really thought Billy Bowman would play a lot more snaps, and I didn't I didn't have time to go back and track him, but again, I didn't see him in the game until the second quarter. And that tell like, what does that mean? Is it maybe, was he not as healthy as I thought? I don't know, but uh, would he have mattered that much if he was playing more in the first quarter? I don't, did you have any sort of Billy Bowman related thoughts throughout that game? Not really, like I he thought he, he looked more or less or.
1: I thought he looked less hesitant this week than he did last week. Uh, but other than that, no, I mean, I didn't really. He, he's still not as as noticeable out there as he was, you know, in the first three or four games of the year. But that's okay. I mean, he's, got a, he's wearing just a giant leg brace. And I, I saw that thing in person last week, and that thing is massive proportionally to his body.
0: So I, and maybe this is not fair because I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, man, I, I think one of the most difficult things to do as a defensive back or just a, a defensive player in general is make tackles in the open field. It's so hard. They know where they're going, the ball carrier. You don't know where they're going. And that's like that's, – it separates the men from the boys, man. If you're a really good open field tackler in football – you can go a long way, and so I brought up the 51yard the long run after, uh, after the Marcus Major fourth and one stop and Key Lawrence, you know was in the hole and missed a tackle in the middle of the field and that's tough and so but my, my thought was I bring it up is you know if Billy Bowman's in the game because and, and, he wasn't in the game there, I, I don't know if, if he'd have been there in there for Key Lawrence anyways, like does Billy Bowman make an open field tackle there and hold them to only a 10-yard run instead of a 51-yard run? I don't know. Uh, I think his, his tackling has been pretty good this year, and he's been healthy. So that's kind of what I wanted to bring up. It's like another small thing like that. It's like, why was not he not in the game? I don't, he came into the game later that possession, but it, they were already in the red zone and it almost didn't matter. Andrew says, no gap integrity. He's got a bunch here. Lack of focus. Unnecessary timeout usage. That, uh, that really hits home for me, uh, even though it didn't matter in the end. It, you know they didn't, they didn't need that extra timeout. But yeah, calling timeouts on defense in the second half of a game in which it's one possession and you're probably going to need that timeout just makes me so mad. It's just it's really poor game management back to James's three word review. And finally, Andrew says concern is growing. So Andrew's of the of the mind that it's it's not not going great. <laughs> and I think it's fair. I think it's fair to have any sort of thought on this team, you know. Positive, negative, I think everything is fair game at this point. I think you're probably in the same boat as well. Hayden says, we beat Kansas. <laughs> Ken says, better days ahead. Let's see. Alicia with some positivity says, love my Sooners. Uh, we're going to get morbid here from Kellen. Kellen says, I can't. Sorry, it's not supposed to be funny. It's, I'm hoping it's played for laughs. But Kellen says, killing myself. Sorry, I just, it's clearly, hopefully he's being hyperbolic. <laughs> Uh, Sonny Hill Sooner says, "Bullied by Baylor." Sonny Hill Sooner always brings in some creative ones. I appreciate that. Good
1: alliteration there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Timothy, more more negativity, and yeah, you know, the OU loss. You are gonna get a lot of negativity from fans. I, I get it. He says, "Poorly coached team." Daniel says, "A damn shame." Let's see. Lance says, "Man," he says, "Worse than expected." <laughs> uh, Fire Canada hashtag. Here we go. <laughs> That's whatever their Twitter name is, says defensive line manhandled. And you kind of brought that up earlier, right? The defensive line definitely not great. Well, you know, we're at the the time, we're at the time of the year with uh, small game boomer says fire Ted Roof. We're at the fire Ted Roof stage. Kind of surprised it took us this long, to be honest with you. I'd actually, no,
1: that's something. Okay, like I I don't want to go, but I, I think they should probably think about making a change there.
0: Yeah, it was always kind of a puzzling hire. It made sense after the fact, considering everything that, you know, Venables knows about Roof. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, it's, they're not going to fire Ted Roof in the middle of the year. I don't, I don't know if they're going to fire him in the offseason. I don't know. Um, he's a player, a player. He's a coach that everybody likes. You know, you, you get along to get, go along to get along, but who knows? You know, well, I'm sure when the season's over, Grant, Brent Venables will probably assess, you know, his hiring of Ted Roof because we all believe that it's, you know, this is Brent Venables' defense, obviously. I just, I, I'm really, I'm so curious, though. Uh, I, I don't know. I, we, maybe I don't know. It's, it's more like, I of don't,
1: a, I think there's some value to the opinion of, you know, wanting to get like a young guy in there, like a fiery guy who's got a lot of like creative ideas. Sure. like, I, I yeah. don't know. It's like you would love a guy like that to work with Venables. See them cook up a bunch of weird stuff.
0: Well, it's interesting because you got Brandon Hall as the safeties coach who was a defensive coordinator at, is it Troy? I want to say. Yeah, I think it was one true. of those one of those teams in the you know, the Sun Bell, the group of five. So he's kind of like fits that bill, right? He's a he's a young guy. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? It's but it's it's definitely a fair question to ask moving forward. John says need real players. <laughs> Nate says we are trash. <laughs> this is very, very funny to me. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Jacob with a little more positivity. Jacob says never gave up. Uh at BV Superfan says that was stressful. One comes in with transfer portal time. Tyler goes with what's the standard? I don't know. Fair question, I guess. I, I again like our expectations have definitely shifted over the last 9 weeks or whatever 9 games. Going through plenty of three word reviews guys. Uh uh, Gonzo Strangelove says Gabriel slow down Trying to understand that one Gabriel pretty good running the ball Yesterday pretty good running the football He does that well Kind of avoiding hits And also he goes with uh, run Defense MIA That's true Uh, Rad Turnipseed Says we'll be okay (laughs) Uh, Duncan In Connecticut says, I am sad. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, how about this one? Florida Sooner 4, just off the top rope. Worse since 1998. I don't yeah, know Yeah, I that. Totally, totally disagree with that. I can't, I can't imagine it was that bad in 98 or wor- you know, worse than this.
1: No, nah, I mean, this is, I, I would say, th- this is very equivalent to to those three seasons I already mentioned oh five oh nine yeah. and two thousand fourteen I really 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 similar.
0: Michael says get bowl eligible.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. Still, still I need mean, to get a win one hundred percent. Just w- win next week. Win next week in Morgantown. You're going going on the road, admittedly, and you're playing the worst defense in the Big Twelve by yards per play, and you're playing the second worst offense by
0: yards per play in the Big Twelve. Runaway Riley says, I only need two words physically dominated. And <laughs> then there was a lot of questions in the post game to Brent Venables about physicality. He didn't, you know, he didn't really have any answers for it. Uh, I, I like, I don't know. Like, what is he supposed to say? Like, I, don't, I mean, I I'm kind of with, you know, there's just sometimes it's, it's football. People are strong, you know, they just don't, they don't play well. Uh, John says, Gabriel throws picks. <laughs> he did three interceptions I think the
1: physicality thing is kind of that's a tough line to walk man because remember well like I agree that Baylor won in the trenches in this game but OU's offensive line beat Baylor's defensive line in that battle of the trenches I think pretty decisively actually just Baylor's offensive line beat OU's defensive line more decisively than the other battle like so it's I don't know. It's just, it's kind of a tough thing. OU's offensive line was really good yesterday.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, the whole physical, Yeah, you know, I very rarely ever watch these games and think, oh, man, just physicality, man. They're just getting, they're getting beat up. Cause in my mind, it's like, yeah, they practice every week. All these guys are in the weight, really. You know, it's like sometimes other teams are just freaking good. You know, they're just good. And like, yeah, like, and you, and, talent wise can sometimes it, it, it's more like talent you know it's like if you're getting blown up or whatever off the ball yeah maybe there's some physical part to that as well but also maybe it's the call maybe it's the play and uh, yeah, so there's so much nuance to it it's just kind of easy to fall back on like man my eyes are telling me that they're getting pushed off the ball boom they're just they're getting blown up and that's to a lot of extent that's true but I don't know if it's like the easy uh like well, well just fix that because, like, how do you really fix that? You know, it's we're nine games into the year. It's just yeah. kind of there's, there's been other games where they haven't been physically, you know, blown up. So it's kind of like, all right, week to week. And I think that's probably why Britt Venable is kind of like, I, you know, I don't really know. I don't, I don't have any answers because there's so much to it.
1: There's a Sooner, lot. Yeah,
0: it's not as it, it's not as
1: simple as as looking at Baylor's offensive line, leaning on OU's defensive line in the second half of the game and being, ah, they were just totally, you know, they just totally mopped the floor at these guys. Because, I mean, I, I saw the same thing. I saw OU's offensive line doing the same thing to Baylor for a majority yeah. of the game.
0: Sooner slash Cowboy says, horrible, horrible, horrible. And he uses a gif from Entourage of Ari Gold throwing his cell phone against the wall. See, this is where I'm just like, but was it, though?
1: It wasn't. They, they lost by three points to a team to a top 20 team in the country.
0: That's the thing is, I mean, Baylor's a good football team. They weren't ranked at all. I mean, they're, they're going to probably be ranked. Eh, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be ranked or not. The playoff I committee just, might like, rank them. But I wouldn't yeah, be surprised.
1: This is a team. Put a gun in my head right now. I think they're going to win the Big 12
0: championship. Hmm, interesting. Their defense needs to get better. But, I mean, Oklahoma's got a good offense. And I, I like Baylor's offense. I do like Blake shape. And he was kind of whatever yesterday, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I you're right, though. I mean, you told me on the last podcast he's been up and down this year. I guess when I've watched, he's played pretty well. I saw, you know, I saw some of it yesterday. You know, like yeah, you know, okay, I, I see where he can be down. He's poised. Yeah, I think I think that's true. Jonesy says mistakes lose games. Hmm. Pat Riot 201 says relax. First year. Um. Let's see. And I think uh, it's, it's important to end on this last one. It's probably the best one, honestly, uh, that makes the most sense to me. Trades with Rage says, Lee Benson sucks. And, you know, I can't, can't really find much wrong with that. Yeah, uh,
1: I, I saw that one last night, and I, it kind of made me laugh
0: a little bit. Uh, I, pa- I appreciate K- – you know, Caleb comes to my defense. You know, you know he, he's defended me. But, you know, Trades with Rage is sticking with his guns, though. He, he throws away a, another three-word review, says he still sucks. So, you know what, I – you know, you can't please everybody. I, I'm taking it as uh, I got to get better at this. I got to get better at this. And I, you know, we got to go back to the film room and figure this out. So thanks, everyone, for the 3 board reviews. Good stuff. Again, usually a lot more come in after the losses, which is not surprising. People want to vent. People want to get, you know, their, their thoughts off their chest. And I know I probably missed some of them, guys. But uh, I appreciate all, all the 3 board reviews and uh, you guys interacting with the podcast. So, and I brought up Billy Bowman earlier. We kind of did a little bit of talk about that. He did, did have the interception. Uh, I, I wanted to see a different replay angle of that. They never showed... Oh, oh that's the-
1: what I wanted to bring up. Uh, I, you know, last week, a lot of people were, were complaining about the broadcast, and I kind of poo-pooed it a little bit. You know, I was at the game, so I, didn't, I wasn't watching it live. Um, the broadcast yesterday on ESPN Plus was so terrible to the point of being noticeable. Absolutely. Like, I will you know, I, that's, that's maybe not on the forefront of anyone's mind because they lost forever.
0: The broadcast yesterday was heinously awful, terrible. Okay. And so, you know, I made comments. I, I was, I was the same. I downplayed it. I know a lot of people had thoughts about the the broadcast being bad. And, and I heard other media people talking about it that were watching on TV. And so it just kind of went over my head. So to your point, I share your thoughts because I actually did watch the broadcast yesterday. I was there. I was watching on TV. And it, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, big, uh, like, hanging on tight shots of coaches or players on the sidelines while a snap is happening. Like, get back. Just show us the field. Stop with your, you know, your, your in-week production. Oh, we got to get to this angle. Of the like, I promise you, like, I work in this business. Like, they're trying to put a TV show on. Nobody cares about that crap. Show the play. Show the game. Show the field especially on ESPN plus. How about Everyone them watching? How about them trying to do sideline interviews with Roy Williams interviews. and Patty Gasso during extremely important, high leverage situations of yes. the game. Stop it. We don't want to, they're, they're interviewing Roy Williams. Like you said, Roy Williams, Patty, stop it. Like, does Roy Williams want to watch this game or talk, talk uh, on TV? I feel like he probably wants to watch the game. I don't, does Patty Gasso want to watch the game? I hope. Stop it. With We don't, people watching don't want to see that stuff. And I'll tell you what it is. It's people that produce these games. They want to put a TV show on and they want to fill kind of the dead time between snaps. And I'm telling these people, you don't need it, especially on ESPN plus. Everyone's paying to watch this game. People that are watching this game are paying their Baylor fans or their OU fans. They just want to see the field, show the field. How about After the Jaleel Farouk run, the nice run where he stiff-armed a guy, picked up 11 yards, the next play, OU goes hurry up, touchdown pass to Marvin Mims, the director was was stuck on the tight camera. It wasn't the normal broadcast angle. So it was a weird kind of look at the touchdown pass to Marvin Mims because they didn't switch over to the wider camera angle. Just stuff like that, man, like – so that that's kind of like more of like a technical look at it but yeah all of the the cutaways, missing snaps, having replays going on when a when a ball's being snapped, it's like you know Oklahoma goes fast. Be prepared for it. And so yeah, I'm with you. I thought I thought the broadcast uh was not great on television. Yeah. And and Ryan Leaf is terrible. He is just Oh, was that who it was? I didn't even I didn't catch who that that guy was. He is just
1: He is nails on a chalkboard. He's awful. I like hey, I I kind of like listening to him when he's on the Di- when he's on the Dan Patrick show, talking about like his struggles in the NFL and like his redemption and stuff like that. I, he's as a play- as a color guy, he's so bad. He is just <laughs> terrible.
0: Yeah, I didn't come away from that thinking very highly of either either one of the uh, on air people. And, um, you know, the we, hey, we had a sideline reporter, you know, it's always a the, sideline reporter to the play report by play stuff.
1: girl. At one point in time, she was describing uh, Dave Aranda because, you know, Dave Aranda is kind of a kind of a weird dude. But uh, she described him as philosophical instead of philosophical. Mm. And I like well, I, I just I, I think I think that was right before commercial. And I just like I was I was just chortling to myself for like a minute afterwards. <laughs>
0: Did she have time to at least catch herself and, and say, oh, no, I'm, I'm phil- nope. uh, she did not because because, you know, you know, you and I, we do a podcast once or twice a week and we talk a lot. And, you know, sometimes you'll say things that, that are wrong, you know, like or like words that don't exist. And believe me, I mean, it, it happens to me and I'll, I'll listen to our podcast back and think, what did I just say there? I. How did I not catch myself? So it, it does happen. So it's possible she just didn't catch herself. I'll, I'll, I'll have a little bit of grace for her. But no, I, I have some yeah. grace too. It's just, it's... It's it's kind of funny. It's
1: much more forgivable than the awful camera stuff and the interviews. But I, I just, it just, you know, that was one of the kind of the lighter moments, the funnier moments.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing that up though. Because yeah, there was you know people that were ripping the broadcast last week and, and you and I, I kind of downplayed it. So I think those people that were ripping it last week, I think they have a lot... You know they might have been onto something because yeah, <laughs> you know OU's playing now these these weird you know on ESPN Plus you know and they're playing the 11 a.m. kick on FS1 and you know they're, they're not getting the the, the top tier announcer team and uh, we're kind of getting the experience of that. <laughs> um, okay, so I think that's all I have. Uh, any final thoughts? I'm I'm good. I'm good as well. Next up, another – oh, I shouldn't say another because I guess Oklahoma did kick off at 2 this past week. But uh, OU back to the 11 a.m. kicks next Saturday at West Virginia, I believe. They got West Virginia, then Bedlam, then Texas Tech to finish off the regular season. So uh, we'll be uh, back talking about West Virginia uh, next week. So until then, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.